We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a weather-ready nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 35, the Fall Has Arrived edition. I'm your host, Randy Luna. I'm Corey Taylor. And we are welcoming the Fall Equinox. And uh, we welcomed it on Saturday at 8.54 p.m. Yeah, and Mother Nature really cooperated this time. That day, it kicked in right on time. Right in time. And it was chilly Saturday. We didn't even make it out of the 60s, like mid-60s. Yeah, that was crazy. We had a bunch of clouds. They didn't want to go away. Well, that's because that, we had that weak system coming up. It was south of here, down, mostly down in Arkansas. And that cloud bank, it was so cool. It just The clouds just never really wanted to go away. They just kind of stayed, stood there. And then north of I-44, clear skies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, wow. I, I went to bed disappointed because we didn't get the rain that was advertised. I think it was Friday night, maybe. Oh, yeah. And then I woke up, and we had over two inches in the rain gauge. I thought, well, it must have rained quite a bit. And I looked at past uh, the, the past radar, and it looked like we had some yellows and oranges kind of training over the Branson area. So we did get a little bit of rain. And hopefully, I mean, that's the, that's the rain we need to keep the colors in line, hopefully, for... When, when the trees change. Wouldn't so. that be nice? Yeah. I mean, I checked before I went to bed. It was about 1230 or 1 o'clock. And it's like, yeah, there's really nothing on radar. It wasn't going to do anything. And like you said, I got up the next day. And you said you'd had over like two inches or something. And, yeah. And I looked in my gauge and I was like, well, holy crap. <laughs> it really rained last night. Well, I had six tenths on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. We had a little shower roll through and then i got the rest overnight i wasn't expecting it because all we had is a little drizzle you know throughout the day and going into that night and most of the rain was staying down south of here and it kind of crept up and and got us and i was thankful for it very thankful for it and and that's helping with the drought i mean the the latest check of the drought we just it's it's still there but it's it's getting a big dent in it yeah it's shrinking and hopefully it'll continue to do so uh, we're still in a drought here, but right to the, our south is abnormally dry, and then just further to the south. Now, we're talking still in Taney County. There's no drought at all. Yeah, it's just kind of divided the county right right, right. In, <laughs> right in the middle there. So, yeah, if you're in Ridgedale... That's where they get all that rain. Yeah, and no no drought down there. No. And But it, at least we're on the right, right path. We are, and I think it'll probably shrink even more uh, when the graphic comes out on Thursday. Yes. Hopefully. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. You know, what you were saying, they they actually update it Tuesday, but the graphic comes out Thursday, so right. we don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't know why they do. That. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, talking about the fall colors and a cold front. I mean, this morning I looked out and I went outside. We had a lot of fog this morning, and then that lifted pretty quick. 
Uh, I was surprised because when I first got up, I looked out. It, you could hardly see anything. And about a half hour later, I looked out and was like, oh, well, it's all gone I, away. I didn't see any this morning. Maybe it's you're closer to Taney Como over here, possibly. I mean, that's why. I don't know. But I didn't have anything. Well, I'm kind of down in a little valley. True. Kind of hill down here. But we are on the temperature roller coaster uh, of what's going on. Got a, uh, I mean, Mother Nature right on schedule with fall. I mean, we've had a kind of a... Uh, on and off, you know, cold front every now and then during the summer, but now we're going to get these series of cold fronts and the temperature switches. I mean, today's what going to be 80 something, or is it 80 out there now? I mean, it's quite warm out there. It's warm. Not, not, not unbearable though. No, but it felt really weird this morning. Just the Mm -hmm. air was really heavy. The clouds were really spooky looking and it just felt weird outside. And that's an indicator that the weather's going to change when randy feels weird yes and feeling <laughs> weird yeah i hope i can get through this <laughs> this podcast i've had a spell of vertigo here for the past four or five days i'm trying to get over it so i'm taking these these antihistamine pills and they kind of make me goofy so i wow. if i fall over you just you just continue with the I podcast will. yeah <laughs> so uh yeah cold front is on its way the storm prediction center uh, has pretty much had a slight risk for severe thunderstorms up towards St. Louis, northeast to Chicago and stuff. In the past couple of outlooks, they've kind of extended the marginal risk down towards us, which is really kind of cool. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Um, yeah, and, and people, we need to all realize that there are actually two severe uh, seasons. The The main one is in, in spring, when we have the cold air, and then you have... Have, it warms up, and then you get another slam of a cold front, and that's where you get all the spin and stuff. But now the atmosphere is transitioning back towards winter, so we've, we're going to have warm days like today. Cold front coming, slamming in it. It's usually not as intense as no. it is. Um, but, yeah, we uh, we got a slight, uh, not slight risk, marginal risk, pretty much all along I-44 and down to northeast uh, Oklahoma, too. Mm-hmm. Miami's in it, too. Uh, the next one comes out later, so we're going to check that. Uh, not expecting a lot of severe weather. I mean, it, we probably won't, you know, I'm not feeling it because uh, the main focus of everything is way up towards uh, Keokuk, Iowa, up in there. And a severe thunderstorm watch has been popped up that way, too. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, roller coaster ride is going to be 80s today. The cold front's going to slam through. Then on Wednesday, the high may not even get out of the 60s again. <laughs> yeah, it'll be nice. Up and down and up and down. And uh, we could have some of the one of the colder mornings of the season so far. Uh, Wednesday is Thursday morning. I think Thursday morning. Yeah, uh, it, it could get some places if you're in a low lying area, Springfield area, you could get in the upper 40s, which is really fall. That's what I keep hearing people say. Oh, we're going to get into the 40s. And we might probably won't hear in Branson, maybe lower 50s, 52, 53. But if you're in a valley next to a body of uh, cold water with uh, or up north, maybe you might get into the 40s. We'll see. But yeah, I'm not totally convinced yet. I mean, we'll we'll still have to watch because a lot of times the models get get a little excited about this sometimes like they do with rainfall oh we're gonna get a lot of rainfall two days in advance and then the the day in advance you look and it's like yeah maybe not that much so they might be backing off a, a little bit so uh, i yeah i don't know it'd be nice i mean if that if it does get really cool and stays there then i'm gonna have to go up to springfield and light my mom's furnace 
Oh my! <laughs> don't want her. Don't want her to freeze. No. Uh, I got it down here. So, anyway, hmm. let's go on to the tropics. Uh, we had last week. There was pretty much nothing going on. Then it uh, kind of bubbled back up a little bit. It did a little bit. Not too bad though. Yeah, we had Leslie. Leslie was a tropical storm the uh, past couple of days, and all of a sudden she just kind of went, "Yeah, I, I don't want to do this." <laughs> so it's, she's considered post-tropical now in the Northeast Atlantic, and won't amount to anything. But there are two areas that we're watching. They're not. They're just disturbances now. Or they're not. They're not storms or anything. One is about. Uh, 260 miles south of uh, Cape Hatteras, North Carolina, and uh, National Hurricane Center is watching that one, saying, yeah, there's like a 50-50 chance that could develop into something. And it's headed towards the East Coast. Now, again, we're not talking tropical storm. We're not talking anything big. But, but you know, North Carolina and South Carolina, they really don't need any more rain right now. No, they're they're good. Good they're, for, st- they're still swollen in some places. Did you see all the the picture of the interstate Interstate Forty with all the dead fish on it? Oh yeah, I did. When the, when the waters receded, there was just tons and tons of fish, and the fire department had to go spray them off the roadway. Wow! But can you imagine the smell? Oh later man, on? no. Oh. I, I would even. I would not not want to be there. And that you know we always say flooding is storm surge flood, but floods aren't like. Uh, any other disaster. I mean, floods come and they stay and they recede, and then you've got all the the shrapnel and mm-hmm. you got the fish and you got. I think there was a coal ash place in North Carolina that, that banks were that. O- overflowing. I mean, there, there's the hazards are going to be there for quite a while. I mean, just think of Puerto Rico. I mean, there's parts of Puerto Rico that's still without power, and that's been a long time ago. And that's a that's another story. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so hurricanes, uh, there's not really a hurricane out there now. There's another little disturbance that's really hanging out about 950 miles east of the Windward Islands. And it may develop into something, but uh, I'm not too worried about it. It's way, it's closer to Africa than it is, uh, Africa and South America than it is us. But in the Pacific, we have Tropical Storm Rosa. You're supposed to roll your R on that. Oh, Rosa. Rosa. There you go. There you go. Tropical Storm Rosa, which is <laughs> southwest of Mexico. Uh, now, the National Hurricane Center is projecting this thing to become a hurricane by Wednesday, but it's headed away from land right now. And you got the upper steering currents going on that uh, around Hawaii, you know, between here and Hawaii. And those that steering current is going to kind of turn Rosa more to the northwest. Uh, and then it's expected to kind of decrease and and get out there. So we're not expecting it to affect the land. I will say the GFS is wanting to take Rosa up into California, Nevada, and over into Kansas. But I looked at the EC and the Canadian, and really none of the other models want to want to take it anywhere. So I I'm not convinced it's going to nah. really affect anything. But if it did. Man, there would be a lot of rain. <laughs> there would be a lot of rain affecting everything. So um, at this juncture, we're just going to say, nah, we're not going to worry about the U.S. But the Central Pacific, there is another disturbance, uh, not a tropical storm or anything, just a disturbance that's about 1,400 miles east of Hawaii. And they think, well, eh, there's a 50-50 chance that could develop into something in the next five days. We'll just see. Mm-hmm. Hawaii's had their, had their share of tropical storms this this year they've had storms they've had volcanoes they're they're done they need some 
typical Hawaiian weather for a while. Exactly. Yeah, and even in the winter, they have typical Hawaiian weather, sure. which, which is great. <laughs> winter. They don't have winter. Yeah, I think they do on top of the on top of the. Well, yeah, thing. sure. You you know you I always hear of a like a fun fact will come down off of, off of CNN or the Weather Channel saying all fifty states have snow somewhere. Of course, in Hawaii, it's on a mountain peak somewhere. Well, but, yeah, and you don't think about it because it's Hawaii, right? But sure enough, it can happen. Yeah, Alaska is a given. I mean, sure. they they've always got snow up there. But yeah, I I remember that when we had the the Florida when it kind of snowed mm-hmm. in that northern panhandle or something and people were freaking out with a half oh, inch yeah. of snow. They don't know how sure. to drive. They say you're going to move south. Well, not too much further south you can move <laughs> if you're already in Florida, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> well, it was really really foggy this morning. I mean, in some areas you said you didn't see any Didn't fog see this a bit. That that's nuts. I should have taken a picture, but what was funny is because I I looked outside and I thought, oh well, I'm gonna I got to change the, the the forecast pick on the site. So I did, and then I looked at the National Weather Service, and there was a dense fog advisory. So I posted that, and within like 45 minutes, it was all gone. The the DFA was dropped, and sure. I looked outside I'm like, where'd all this go? <laughs> so again, we're in transition. We're in a fast transition faster transition period so we're going to have these series of cold fronts coming in every other day uh i i just don't think we're going to do c90 anymore this year i was going to say that i think we're done with the oppressive heat we're probably done with pool weather unless you have one of those nifty solar covers you know those put the cover on it and the the sun warms it up through the little bubbles on the cover Ah, i need to get one of those you should because, like I said, I could see you and I think they run about eighty bucks. I need to, on Amazon. I could yeah. swim a little longer through October that way or January. But uh, <laughs> no, that's what I need a hot tub for. Ah, that's right. That's the hot tub. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, the weather school this week is all about fog. There are so many different kinds of fog. I mean, you just think fog, but it's produced differently. It has different characteristics. And I was researching this the other day, and I thought, this is really cool. So I'm going to do weather school. So, What kind of fog is in the Branson shows? Uh, Actually, it's not called fog in, in, in yeah, the engine. It's called haze. It's called haze, yeah. I think there's water base and oil base. And, yeah. and everybody should be using the water, water base because if you use the, ha- the, the oil base haze, it's it ruins the lights and the projectors and everything else and the instruments. Oh yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> you get the keyboard; it's got this film on it, or the bass; it's got all this film on it and stuff. And you have to clean it. But yeah, the 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 oil base haze can really ruin some fixtures. It's not real fog; it comes out of a machine. No. Some people use uh, the dry ice though. Yeah, now that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Now Shoji's used to do that when I was there. They it'd come out out of the floor and it'd make this really cool, you know, walking through. Yeah, it stays. It can stay closer to the floor, like, like a fog river. Yeah, yeah, those are cool. And I like, I like when it goes off the end of the stage and kind of in the audience, and you see the front row going, "Oh!" Yeah. <laughs> and some of them are afraid to breathe. Oh yeah, they think it's poison. It's like, no, it's just, it's just condensation, yeah. dry ice. That, that's all it is. <laughs> I didn't cover that in the weather school. Oh, but, well, uh, no, it's a more people, people want to know that, you know. Well, that's that, that's a that's true. So yeah, this is more atmospheric fog. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Storm Dar Weather School. The National Weather Service has just put us under a dense fog advisory. 
Fog is a visible aerosol consisting of minute water droplets or ice crystals suspended in the air at or near the Earth's surface. Although it has no Latin name, fog can be considered a type of low-lying cloud, usually resembling stratus, and is heavily influenced by nearby bodies of water, topography, and wind conditions. In turn, fog has affected many human activities, such as shipping, travel, and warfare. By definition, fog reduces visibility to less than two-thirds of a mile, whereas mist causes lesser impairment of visibility. Fog forms when the difference between air temperature and the dew point temperature is less than four and a half degrees. Fog normally occurs at a relative humidity near 100%. This occurs from either added moisture in the air or falling ambient temperatures. However, fog can form at lower humidities and can sometimes fail to form when the relative humidity is at 100%. At 100% relative humidity, the air cannot hold additional moisture. Thus, the air will become supersaturated if additional moisture is added. Fog commonly produces precipitation in the form of drizzle or very light snow. Drizzle occurs when the humidity of fog attains 100% and the minute cloud droplets begin to coalesce into larger droplets. This can occur when the fog layer is lifted and cooled sufficiently or when it is forcibly compressed from above by descending air. Drizzle becomes freezing drizzle when the air temperature at the surface drops below the freezing point. Now let's talk about the different types of fog. There's radiation fog, and that is formed by the cooling of land after sunset by infrared thermal radiation in calm conditions with a clear sky. The cooling ground then cools adjacent air by conduction, causing the air temperature to fall and reach the dew point forming fog. Radiation fog occurs at night, and it usually doesn't last long after sunrise, but it can persist all day in the winter months, especially in areas bounded by high ground. Radiation fog is most common in the autumn and early winter. Ground fog is fog that obscures less than 60% of the sky and does not extend to the base of any overhead clouds. However, the term is usually a synonym for radiation fog, which is very shallow. In some cases, the depth of the fog is on the order of tens of centimeters over certain kinds of terrain with the absence of wind. Advection fog occurs when moist air passes over a cool surface by advection wind and is cooled. It's common as a warm front passes over an area with significant snowpack. It's most common at sea when moist air encounters cooler waters, including area of cold water upwelling, such as along the California coast. A strong enough temperature difference over water or bare ground can also cause advection fog. Evaporation fog, or steam fog, forms over bodies of water overlain by much colder air. This situation can also lead to steam devils forming. Lake effect fog is of this type, sometimes in combination with other causes like radiation fog. 
Frontal fog forms in much the same way as a stratus cloud near a front when raindrops falling from relatively warm air above the frontal surface evaporate into cooler air close to the Earth's surface and cause it to become saturated. This type of fog can be the result of a very low frontal stratus cloud subsiding to the surface level in the absence of any lifting agent after the front passes. Ice fog forming in very low temperatures can be the result of other mechanisms mentioned here, as well as the exhalation of warm, moist air by herds of animals. It can be associated with the diamond dust form of precipitation, in which very small crystals of ice form and slowly fall. Freezing fog, which deposits rime, is composed of droplets of supercooled water which freezes to surfaces on contact. Depending on the concentration of the droplets, visibility in fog can range from the appearance of haze to almost zero visibility. Many lives are lost each year worldwide from accidents involving fog conditions on the highways, including multiple vehicle collisions. The aviation travel industry is affected by the severity of fog conditions, even though modern auto-landing computers can put an aircraft down without the aid of a pilot. Personnel manning an airport control tower must be able to see if aircraft are sitting on the runway awaiting takeoff. Safe operations are difficult in thick fog, and civilian airports may forbid takeoffs and landings until conditions improve. So let's talk about record extremes. The foggiest place in the world is Hamilton, New Zealand, followed closely by the Grand Banks off the coast of Newfoundland, which is the meeting place of the cold Labrador current from the north and the much warmer Gulf Stream from the south. Some of the foggiest land areas in the world include Argentina and Point Reyes, California, each with over 200 foggy days per year. So the next time you're out driving in foggy conditions, then remember this. Slow down and turn on your headlights on the low beams. In zero visibility, you may not see a stopped car in front of you. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormed Our Weather School. And there you have ice fog, too. Ice fog? Yes, yes, ice fog. It happens with those little water droplets uh, form below freezing temperatures, and it freezes on trees. It's actually really pretty to look at. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. But I don't think, you know, bridges and overpasses aren't, aren't that good. It can be so. slick around these parts, too. Oh, tell me about it. Because <laughs> you don't see it. No, no. Right. That, that, that's when we issue our black ice advisory. Yes. Yeah. So it's time for this week in weather history. So, Corey, what you got? This week in weather history, we're going to go to Missouri. Where's that? Right here. Except Perfect. we're going to go on the other side over by the Mississippi River. Oh, okay. Crosstown, Missouri in Perry County. On this day, on this week in weather history, uh, the last F4 tornado to be to be rated on the original Fujita scale occurred. Uh, 
winds were estimated, our maximum winds were estimated at 210 miles per hour. Now, this is in Missouri in September. Wow. And it was the last F4, not to be called an EF4. Uh huh. My question for you is, about what year are we talking about? I could not tell you. When did they change over? Oh, I did a weather school on this. It, is it... Uh... Is it 2006? It was 2006. Okay. All right. Very good. Woo-hoo. I thought I was going to stump you on that one because I thought it was a little earlier than that. Now, I, I had I had to go back in my memory banks and think, when was that? Is around 2006, whatever. It happened in September of 2006. The last EF4 occurred in Missouri. Or not, sorry, the last F4. F4, right. Occurred in Missouri. We've had EF4 since then. Yeah. But, uh, that was before they switched it over. It was the last one, so I yeah. thought that was pretty neat. And if you're not quite sure what the difference is, is the the F four was based on more of a visual plane, uh, vi- visual aspect of what the damage can do and and uh, wind speed estimates. But the uh, enhanced Fujita scale, that's the EF. That's what that means. Uh, they've they've taken in tons more technology and structure. They can look at stuff and have a very much more accurate reading on that. So you can Google the difference between F. You know the Fujita scale and the enhanced Fujita scale. It's got it, basically what it is is an, a wind speed adjustment, so you can see more accurately what uh, damage the tornado has caused. And it just goes to show you can have a tornado with 210 miles per hour in Missouri in September. Oh, I, that's hard to think. That's when that second storm season pops in, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of rare too. I mean, it's not rare to have tornadoes around, you know, somewhere in September. But that very same year, that very same day, I do believe, Gasville, Arkansas, was hit by a tornado. That's a little closer to Branson. It's between here and Mountain Home, Arkansas. Oh yeah. And the reason I remember that is because uh, my parents came to town that day, and we were watching. Uh, Ron Hurst on TV that night, mm-hmm. and uh, they got hit pretty good. Now, Gasville's not a very big town, but there was a, a small outbreak. For for September, it's a big outbreak, you know, But because you don't really have outbreaks in September. Right. But it occurred, I mean, in multiple states that night. Oh, that's amazing. Now, I mean, tornadoes anywhere that do damage, we're not into that. You know, people, I'll bring this up again, people always say, you know, you know, we, why do you get excited about tornadoes when it causes all that damage? It's like, well, we're not excited about the damage. We're excited about the, the awe of Mother Nature. It's like how, how that happens. How can you do that? It's just the, the, the dynamics that have to go in there. So, so don't, don't, don't get us wrong. We're not saying, yay, damage. No, we're not saying that. We're saying, wow, tornado. And, and like you said, when you did your storm chasing and, 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 and stuff, after that tornado hit, uh, and you saw people in distress, you know, the chase stopped, and you guys helped, which I think that was awesome. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, let's get to the next segment. It's the weather word of the week. And this week's Stormdar Weather weather word of the week is... Advection. Yay. And that's the horizontal transport of air, moisture, or other atmospheric properties commonly used with with temperatures such as cold air or warm air advection. Yeah, and and that's exactly what happens on a cold front. I mean, you get the initial the initial front which is the dr- the drastic temperature change and it sweeps through and then after that you have continued cold air advecting in. So 
cold air advection continues even after the cold front passes. It's not just a one one shot and we're done. And that's kind of what's going to happen. Sometimes that cold front moves through and, and the temperature doesn't drop dramatically right when it f- comes through. All that cold air is behind the front. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people think, you know, and, and a lot of times that line of thunderstorms uh, starts developing and it gets all agitated and excited and starts feeding on the warm air in front of it and it accelerates. <laughs> and when it accelerates, then it kind of outruns the the cold air. So you get the, the thunderstorms and then you get a little bit of the, the rain-cooled air and then about an hour or two later, boom, there it goes down. So yes, weather word of the week is advection. So I thought that was cool. So you got anything else? I was looking up some more info on uh, the tornado outbreak of September 2006, and I was looking oh, at yeah. Gasville, Arkansas, mm-hmm. and uh, they had a they had a, a record hail uh, stone that night of 4.25 inches. That's oh my gosh! Somewhere I have a, a hail conversion uh, chart. Yeah, I think four inches is. What softball size Soft, or grapefruit? I think it, yeah, softball, softball or grapefruit. That's pretty good size hail. That'll so get that you. must have been in a really wild system that it went through. Have. It dropped an E four at that point. Plus, it must have been like a spring type system because I mean, hail that big, you don't really hear about that in September. Like the good sized hail, like yeah. That. So, but yeah. even in the in, in the in the spring, you hear that the hail is always in those big that. Big hail is always in like Texas and Kansas. And I stuff. remember I was eating pizza downtown Branson that day, and my grandparents and my parents were here, and we were watching KY3, and Ron Hurst popped on for a, a weather bulletin. I thought, yeah, I knew it was coming because I'm a weather guy anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I knew we had a, I think we had a moderate risk that day, even for Branson. But oh we wow! But we didn't get anything much here. We got a little storm, but they they got it pretty good down there, and it kind of tore up their little town of Gasville, Arkansas. Yeah, that's that's terrible. That's terrible. But and I keep thinking about the Leap Day tornado here. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's something that's not gonna leave my mind anyway soon. Especially the damage. I I remember. I mean, it knocked out our power. I mean, it knocked out power everywhere. But I remember I had to drive to my buddy's house in Forsyth to charge my phone, charge the computers. <laughs> you know, it missed it missed him. Yeah, but just went through the cemetery, so oh, I'll never forget that. Oh well, I'm kind of done talking about tornadoes. How about you? Well, we got another six more months till April. Yeah, yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's right. We're halfway there, and it, we got to start talking about our uh, stormed our weather winter weather outlook. Do we have to? Well, it's just an outlook. I'm not much of a winter guy. Yeah. Well, I'll give a teaser. It looks like we are definitely going into El Nino. So we'll we'll do an El Nino La Nina update next week and let everybody know because that could affect the weather. And like I said, I'll I'll look at the other factors: the PDO, the NAO, the MIC, KEY, MLUSE. <laughs> moving those. on. Moving on. I think we better end this. I feel <laughs> seen it. Uh, got anything else, Corey? Nope. All right, let's wrap this up. Okay, be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.